man. Welcome to the Badam Ching with Carl. Howdy, my riders, and welcome back to the Badam Ching with Carl, man. It's 2021, man, so from CR3, have a new year, ladies and gentlemen. Can't really say have a happy one, but let's just take it a day at a time, you know? So, have a new year. That's my new phrase for the for the day. So, How was your Christmas, hmm? Took a little time off, you know? Did the Arkansas thing. It was very low-key, you know what I'm saying? Just me and my folks in, you know, immediate family. So, had a good time. Didn't get sick. Didn't get them sick. So, hey, it's a win. Uh, all right, man, let's jump right into this thing, right? My first guest of this year is uh, a dear friend of mine, man, Evan Norman. And uh, Evan's a weirdo, man. I say that in a, in a loving way, you know. Uh, his comedy's out there. He's an out there dude. And the first time I met him, I didn't know if I could talk to him, you know, because I just knew his persona, the Evan Norman persona on stage, you know. Uh, you know, if anybody's ever seen him, you know what that is, you know. I just didn't know I could if I could relate to this man. Well, I was wrong. He's a he's a dear friend of mine. Uh, we hosted co-hosted a comedy show earlier this year, and you know he's got an interesting background. We we digging that a little bit, and I'm I'm doing things a little different this year. You know, like I I'm wanting to just break away from just interviewing comics that do other things. You know, and I really want to have a broader scale and, and just focus on. The Nashville comedy scene in general, because there's so many amazing people, and I want to get to all of them, man. And I uh, hope we can, you know, one episode at a time. So, enough of me yapping. Buckle your safety belts, ladies and gentlemen, because guess what? Without further ado, Evan Norman. Evan, what's up, dude? No, man, you can't flip the mic off that... Ain't how it works. You have to talk. They can't hear when I give the finger to the mic? Two fingers. Evan. Oh, shit. I forgot how to count. Damn, dude. Well, that's the end of the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Thank, thank you so much. This this has turned out like I knew it would. Everyone just heard two middle fingers and was like, nah, we're done. That's enough for him, right? That's good enough for him, right? <laughs> he told me to say that, guys. I didn't say that. I love my people. I didn't tell you to say anything, you motherfucker. <laughs> Dude, man, like, I don't know. You want to talk about the year? How's the year going for you? There's been, uh, it's been a year. We all, I don't know. The, the way I look at it is we all just have a year. Last year, next year, nothing changes. Mm-hmm. You just have a year, and then sometimes you make good choices and bad ones. Mm-hmm. You Are have you a make- bad year when you just make bad choices the whole time. You get 365 days, and then you wipe it clean. So is this year clean for you? Define clean. <laughs> do we really want to go down that road? Yeah. What, what do you think clean is? Tell me what you think. Clean I asked is. you first, dog. Like I, I think I'm doing okay. You know, it, it, uh, for me, it's kind of spilled over. You know, it still feels like 2020. It's not like, you know, the magical day where everything's changed. You know, it's all sucks. 
<laughs> it keeps getting worse. It keeps getting worse. Like, yeah. and everyone's like, "No, this year's gonna be great." It was like, "No, it's not." Like, stop lying to yourself and telling yourself that this year somehow is gonna be better. Like, we already went into the hole of shit, and it's only gonna get shittier because yeah, we're just yeah. getting deep into it now. That's okay though. I, you know, I, I think I'm primed for it. Like, I'm ready for it. Like, I'm ready for the shit. You know, like, like I, I'm used, we're used to it. Everybody's used to this muck. So, like, you know, let's see how much worse it can get. I don't think we're used to the muck. Like, <laughs> nobody's used to this. Like, we're all upset about it. We're just like, I'm not used to this. <laughs> like, it's insane that. We've had a lot of practice, though, man. It's almost been like a year, you know, of us trying to battle this thing or whatever it is. Or. Not everyone has had the same amount of practice. Some people are just good people and they're just realizing how shit the world is. I was like, no, I've been living in a world of shit for a long yeah. time. I was just like, hey, welcome. All right, so how about this thing we talked about earlier? Um, how people assume that you're always high, right? What'd you call it? Oh, I said I have resting weed face. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to elaborate on that? <laughs> uh, no, I just have a face that constantly looks like I'm fucked up, whether I'm fucked up or not. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what I do in my life. Even, like, <laughs> middle school, high school, people would walk up and just where the weed at? I was like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> like, I wish I knew where the weed was so I had an excuse to look this way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would make more sense, right? You just always look high. Just have a God gave you a talent for looking high <laughs> and seeming wildly aloof. I'm aware of what's happening around me. Like I know what's going on in the world. Wildly aloof. So <laughs> <laughs> man, I gotta know, man. Like, how the hell did you get into comedy? So uh, when I was going to Columbia State Community College, I was forced to take a speech class. Like, it was one of the requirements for their curriculum for you to do all of your gen ed classes. Speech was something you had to do. Mm-hmm. I had a teacher that... Uh, it, it actually was a very helpful class in me figuring out how to talk in front of people. Because I had to do... The first day of class, it was... 30 seconds, I think. He made every single person in the classroom get up in front of the room and give a 30-second speech. Okay. And the first speech was just like, who am I? Like, what do I do? Like, just talk about yourself for 30 seconds. And every day he would add 30 seconds or he would give you like like three or four days of 30-second speeches and then he would up the amount of time to a minute. Okay. And... The actual uh, exam for the class was you had to give a, it was either 10 or 11 minute speech. I can't remember which, but like you had to get up in front of the class and for, I think it was 10 minutes, you had to talk. Like that was your exam. Like there was a written exam, didn't really matter. You had to get up in front of the class for 10 minutes and just talk about something. Hmm. Um. And that teacher just, every time I got up in front of the class, people would just laugh because of the way I conveyed things. It wasn't really the information. Like, I was giving informative speeches, but the way 
people saw was just like, what? why is he telling it that way? <laughs> were, were you intentionally doing it in a funny way or just naturally the way you told it got a response? It was, it was more naturally the way I talked in front of people because I'm so <laughs> fucking nervous every time I get in front of people to talk. <laughs> like, I have a way of making people think I'm insanely confident while I do it, mm-hmm. while being horribly just Distraught. riddled with yeah, man. fucking anxiety. I feel like, that. I feel that all the time, man. Like, like for me... Uh, not only like speaking, but but even playing drums. Like I get so anxious, and people are like they tell me all the time, "It's like man, you look so comfortable." I'm like, I'm not. I'm a ball of nerves all the time. So I totally feel that. So go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, no, I just I just learned how to hold my demeanor around people. It was like uh, mm. no matter how uncomfortable I am, I just, I'm. Tr- like, I'm so focused on holding it together that I don't talk a lot. Mm-hmm. And that kind of fed into the way I perform comedy is trying to seem wildly confident while not knowing what I'm doing at all whatsoever. Hmm. So like like so you got you're building confidence from the speech class, right? So at what point does the actual idea of hitting open mics start for you it was uh shortly after i turned 21 i had like all the time i was just like i want to do stand-up i think that would be something i would have fun doing like uh my brother had been doing stand-up for like two maybe three years Mm -hmm. what's his name brandon norman brandon norman okay or i think he went by brandon k norman was what he went by. Okay. Uh, he did sets. Like, he was he was going to open mics and doing stuff. He put together a sketch show at one point. Hmm. Um, but he he knew he knew people that while he was starting out that were like kind of like people I looked up to whenever I started comedy. Like I heard a lot of names all the time and had talked Mm -hmm. about doing it, but he was the one that was like, all right, you want to do comedy. You're going to show up at Spanky's or sorry. uh, You're going to show up at Springwater. Okay. And uh, Sean Parrott was the host at Springwater. My brother knew him through like mutual people and, was like, we're going to be here at the <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> Stop trying to kill Sean, uh, he's Carl. Not dead. He's not dead. Okay, my bad. My Carl bad. keeps right. trying to murder Sean <laughs> just with in, words. In a nice way, though. Like, like I ain't trying to be mean about it. I love the man. R.I.P. I can't stop. All right, go ahead. <laughs> so he would, he was just like, be at Springwater at this time. And your name's already on the list. You're going to go. Like He forced me to do it. He was basically, show up at this spot, and if you have the balls to do it. Then do it. Then get up on stage and yeah. fucking do it. And Springwater, if people don't know, like, is the Nashville's, like, raunchiest, like, like dive, like, rock bar, right? Oh, at the time, definitely. Like, that was, <laughs> that was like, the armpit of Nashville. <laughs> the armpit. <laughs> Just right in front of the Parthenon, just this little dank bar <laughs> that was 
so much fun to go up at. Mm. Like I, I very fondly remember going up there my first time and being like, okay, because you know, the first time you do comedy, you show up at a spot and you bring all these people, you know, and it's like, it's just okay. Mm hmm. Because you stack the crowd in your favor. They all know yeah. you. Yeah. But then after that, none of them ever want to see you again. <laughs> <laughs> like, we already did that once. You know, like, We saw it. It's not going to change. Yeah. Did, and, and, like, you can tell those people, though, right, that go up the first time. They have their friends on the front row, you know, and, like. Yeah, you never see them again. But oh, no, you you always know somebody's first time because there were so many more people in the audience <laughs> that night. Like, why is it so why is it so heavy tonight? Oh, we're very popular. Nope. There's a new kid in town. <laughs> yeah, put that guy up last. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So all the other people can they stay. Have to suffer, they have to suffer through everything we're suffering through. <laughs> oh, your first time? Cool. You're 26th. You know, we need these people. <laughs> I get it. The second you get off stage, everyone walks out, and it's fucking horseshit. <laughs> like, I've gotten mad at friends of mine because they've come out to shows. Mm -hmm. And then... As soon as I walked off stage, they left. I was like, you you realize there's more show, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I don't know, that, that shit always pisses me off but, when people but, did that. But you're a comic. You're, you're a guy on the other side, so you see the importance of keeping people. That's fine. All right, let's get back on track. Uh, so the first show went okay. Mm -hmm. So I always tell people, like, for my first time, I was like, oh, man, it takes so much balls to get up on stage. I'm like, no, it don't, man. Like, the balls start when you go back. So so what drove you to, like, go back and do it again? Because, like, you know you're not going to have, like, that safety net of your friends this time. You know, was there, like, something in your gut that's telling you, hey, man, keep doing this thing? I think for me personally, it was just like, Oh, here's something I'm not necessarily good at. I just, I think I could be better at it. It was me challenging myself to be better. Okay. More than it was anything else. It was like, all right, you you suck, like, awfully. <laughs> Last time you went up on stage, <laughs> was like, can you make it a little bit better? Mm -hmm. It was always a challenge with myself because public speaking was never something I enjoyed doing. It was really hard for me to get past the point of, like, shaking after I got off stage. Yeah, yeah, for sure. One thing I want to bring up is, like, your space. Like, your use of space in comedy was something that, like, really triggered me, like, shocked me in a way. Because when I started, I'm brand new, right? I'm, like, two years in, you know, barely. But, uh... uh when I f first saw you doing comedy, like your use of space, um, yeah, it intimidated me, man. Like, 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 space between your words, space between jokes, it got cringy, right? It's it's a cringing thing if you never experienced that as an audience member, right? And, and I just I'm curious how you develop that style because honestly like i'll let the people know i'll let you know i think i've told you this before like when when i first started seeing you in the in 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 the wings you know like in, in backstage and stuff like after seeing your performance i'm like i don't think i can talk to this dude man 
Like, <laughs> like, like he's out there, dude. Like, like he's on another planet, you know. But that's that character that you built over time, and it's a strong character, so strong that I, I believed it, man. Like as, as. A regular person or whatever, but like, <laughs> so so maybe other people have, and it's weird that Evan is forming full sentences tonight, ladies and gentlemen, for you guys. But but like honestly, I mean, it it tripped me out like Bobcat Goldthwait did back in the day with that voice, right? Where he had everybody full they talked that way. I just assumed that's how you talked in real life, <laughs> but like. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? But, like, I mean, how did you develop that space? And also, where did you come up with that? Because I haven't heard people that have utilized space to that extent. No, it was a, it was 100% just a nervous tick that I can't seem to break. If you knew how often I told myself, like, I need to be animated. Like, be more animated. And then I get on stage and just, like, revert into this character because I don't know how to be anything else but that. Like, but again, that character, where, where did that begin to, like, get deeper and deeper in space? It, oh, man. Because I know it's not for lack, of, it's not laziness because you have, you have tons of jokes, so I, I right. was uh, I was at Spanky's and I was performing in front of a lot of comics that, like, whenever you went up at Spanky's over in Antioch, like, you you went up and you just fucking bombed. That was all you were going to do, <laughs> is you're going to go up in front of a bunch of comics in the room and you're going to bomb. Mm-hmm. And that was just what it was. Mm-hmm. And I eventually got to a point where I was like, you know what? Fuck what everybody in this room thinks. I'm just going to get up here and be a character and hold character. Mm-hmm. Like breaking character is the worst thing you can do when it comes to acting or being on a comedy stage. Like the second you break and become yourself or like you think you're important, you yell at the crowd or whatever, like – there is no reason that you should ever do that. Like nothing else in the room matters than what you're saying while you're on stage. It was just something I told myself over and over again. And eventually I was just like, you know what, whether or not the room is really on board with what I'm saying, I'm going to just say it because why not? It's like, if this was what I came up here to say. So right. I'm going to be an insane person for a minute and lead people to believe that this is who I actually am. And so I guess maybe the idea of a character started first. But give us a little bit about, like, you had to have made the effort to create that space. Do you even recall that, like, when that started? Uh, it started out as nervousness where I was, like, ex- like wildly extended periods of time where I wasn't saying anything because I was just like scared of being on stage and it got a little closer together. And then I figured out how to work it into bits to, I guess like add it for effect. Like it was just trying to test my limits with what I know with time management. Mm-hmm. It was, it was more me being like, all right, how little can I say, but make people laugh, hmm. but utilize time management somewhat to a degree. That makes sense. I get that. You know? But, like, it's very brave, man. It's ballsy, dog. Because, like, 
how many comics just ramble, ramble, ramble because they're nervous, right? And like you able to just sit back, even if you are nervous, you don't show them. You don't show them your hand, right? And like I've seen you, dog, like do 50 seconds of silence, you know? <laughs> I'm serious, dude. I'm serious. You know, in a four minute bit, you know? And like it's cringy. At first, but like once I get got used to it, it's like it's like Larry David, like Kirby enthusiast. I'm like, once you get used to that cringe, like I crave it. And so like I can tell when you're like caffeinated some nights. I'm like, oh man, he didn't wait too long, you know. But like at first, dude, I couldn't take it. I don't think audience can take it. And and the beauty of the audience not taking it, what's the reaction? They laugh because that's the only thing they can do. So that's, in my mind, that's genius. That's all I'm saying. Like, like I ain't saying you're a genius, but that, <laughs> by any oh, means. By no means no, genius. No, 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 no. You are, um, you're a subpar human. But, <laughs> but, but, but that comic gesture of silence and your use of it is like, I've never seen anybody do that. You're the Miles Davis of silence in comedy scenes, all I'm saying. You know, like in my, in my, from my perspective, you know, and like, yeah, it's, it's a good thing, man. Like I've, I've tried, I've tried to do it. You know, I've tried to mimic that. It doesn't work for me. You know, uh, obviously nobody laughed, you know, when I waited, but I've seen other comics try that silence too. You know, it works for very few, but when I see them wait, I know it's cause of you, man. It's your influence on the scene. And that's a strong thing from my perspective. Yeah, I don't think I ever really noticed that or ever thought anyone was, like, doing that because, I don't know, I I get on stage and, like, my my initial move is just, just, like, move the mic stand and stand there for 30 (laughs) seconds, like, (laughs) because I'm trying to gather myself. (laughs) But do you know how hard that is for somebody that is nervous on stage, right? Yeah, I'm nervous. Yep. That's why I do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that's funny because, and that's ironic because, like, I think most people think, "Oh, this guy's high. <laughs> He's got that <laughs> resting high face. He doesn't know where he is." <laughs> you know, <laughs> Evan. Like, like, let me let me change gears real fast, man. Because, like, we ain't talked about it. Um, like, I want people to hear your background, uh, work ethic a little bit. I know you want to talk about your welding thing, but first, I want to talk about. Chick-fil-A. <laughs> <laughs> I worked in the goddamn Chick-fil-A for four years. Okay. You but want, even better. Keep going. Oh, no, no. Oh, we'll get there. Okay. You want to know what made me not believe in God anymore? I didn't ask that. Was working at Chick-fil-A. The amount of business we were doing there was ungodly. Like, there's no way there's a God if... People can be that mean to you all day, every day, in a drive-thru. <laughs> Except Sundays. Well, Sundays were a free day. Okay, cool. That was fun. I, that was actually the best part of the job. It was just like, every Sunday you were off. Uh, no, I was, for I think three of the four years I worked at Chick-fil-A, I was the cow. Yeah, you were a, the cow. I was a mascot at Chick-fil-A. You were the cow. With, did you have udders? No, I had a T-shirt or a sandwich board. Oh, okay, not udders. Okay. Like uh, there were never udders because they would put clothing on. I was never a naked cow. Oh, uh, okay. 
Yeah, that would be That's way fun, too slutty for Christians. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> a naked... Oh, don't let us see the nipples. All four of them. <laughs> but, like, what was your experiences being the Chick-fil-A cow? No, being the cow was... Uh, <laughs> I wish more people that came into that restaurant because we had a kids' night every Tuesday, and it was half price kids' meals. Okay. Every Tuesday night, you probably half had, price you kids' probably meals. Probably some uh, cheap asses coming in too. The only way I got out of working and dealing with all of these people was just, I'm tall. I'll be the cow. <laughs> I'm tall. I'm six foot three, and I'm so tall I feel like a cow. <laughs> What I'm I, cow tall. Well, the costume was made for somebody six foot or tall. Oh, okay. And being somebody that was six foot three, I was just like, oh, I'm the tallest person that works here. I'll be the cow on Tuesdays if it means I don't have to deal with people. Oh, uh, yeah, that makes sense. As it turns out, I dealt with more people. <laughs> but you're just waving at them, right? I mean... I had to like dance around and be like animated, like it's and, like, weird. That, that's the direct opposite of an Evan Norman is to be animated. Well, right? no, I was I was forced to be animated with a mask on, and now I get on stage and I'm still wearing that mask. But tell the people what you were doing underneath. That uh, <laughs> every time I put on that mascot outfit, I had one earbud in that was just blaring metal in yes. my ear. <laughs> like, Hell yes, that was all I was listening. to. It was just like mean music. Yeah. Yes. I was listening to Acacia Strain, Bury Your Dead, like just listening to the loudest, meanest shit <laughs> at the time. Just to get through this shit. <laughs> and then sometimes the earbud would fall out and there was nothing I could do about it. And I just had to listen to screaming, crying children. <laughs> if, if I had to be honest with you, the best part of my night was whenever a child was terrified of me. <laughs> Like, I couldn't go on their side of the restaurant. The best part of my night was like, I guess I'm hanging out over on this side, but not over there. Wait, that's with the suit on, right? Yeah. Whew, okay. <laughs> they don't know me by face. <laughs> you fucking dick. By utter. <laughs> was like, I wasn't walking around without the head on. Just like, <laughs> as the cow. Yeah. As the cow, there were certain children yeah. that were smart enough that were just like, that's not right. That's not a cow. <laughs> and they would be freaked out by it. I was like, thank God I don't have to go to that side of the restaurant anymore. Had your mask off. They're like, that cow is high. <laughs> well, it was a, a good 10 minutes to get me zipped up into the suit because they had to, like, zip it a little bit and stretch, like, the fabric for the actual suit itself oh, up, okay. up the neck of it. So, like, it was a... You know, 10 to 15 minute process of just getting it zipped up and they would either put a t-shirt over me or a sandwich board. And then I would have to walk around and just wave at people. <laughs> they had me on Cool Springs. Can you imagine Evan Norman waving at people? He doesn't like people. You don't like people, dude. <laughs> waving. You're like, why am I doing this with my arms? <laughs> they had me on Cool Springs Boulevard in uh, just off 65 in uh Cool Springs, Franklin, mm -hmm. standing on a street corner in the middle of summer every Saturday for over a month. I would just like, I didn't go <laughs> to work <laughs> to ring people up. I went and put on a mascot outfit and stood on a street corner yeah. for an hour at a time. I would get a 30 minute break and then go back on the street corner after the 30 minute break was over in goddamn summer, 90 degree heat, mid July. 
They should want time spending, I guess. You man. wonder why I'm so tired all the time. I used up all my energy in my youth. In my youth. <laughs> <laughs> I was 16 to 18 years old, just waving at 15 to 18, just standing in a corner waving at people. See there, people? If you saw a cow, could have been Evan Norman, I guess. He still looks like a cow, by the way. Uh, <laughs> got him. Uh, all right, all right. Let's move on. Man, like, like I know and I've heard that you are a welder, man. Like, you're a certified welder, and I don't think most people know that. I didn't know that until we were hanging out for a long time, man, you know? And, like, uh, I mean, can you talk about that? Like, how the hell did you become a welder? <laughs> so, uh, growing up, I always had I, – I just enjoyed working with tools. And it was something that I always enjoyed doing. Which is like doing things like actually physically doing something. It's like when I came to a textbook or anything, I was bored out of my mind. I fell asleep all the way through college. Mm-hmm. Or, sorry, high school. I never I never finished my freshman year of community college. Uh, three semesters. Never finished my freshman year. Okay. Of community college. Uh, and... I think I think my mom knew me well enough to be like, "Hey, uh, you want to do? You seem like you've always done well with your hands. You want to do something with your hands?" And suggested welding to me, which was never something I'd even thought about before. Mm-hmm. Um, and my whole family's from Oklahoma, and so it seemed like, you know, hey, this might be a good thing. You can live in Tulsa, forty-five minutes away from where the rest of the family lives yeah, and you can go to school out there and just learn how to like do something like get a higher education of some kind. <laughs> Stop working in restaurants. Stop, Stop being a cow. Stop <laughs> being a cow. <laughs> Don't be a cow anymore. Don't be a restaurant person. <laughs> Stop working in a liquor store. Like it just, yeah. it just seemed like something was like, go learn a skill. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went from having a 1.5 GPA in high school, which should not be passing. <laughs> I think 1.7 is usually like the cutoff. Well, no, uh, there was credit recovery where I would get the credit for uh, it, but it didn't affect my GPA at all. Okay. It was like something they implemented in order for you to actually show that you've learned something, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they give you a diploma anyway. Okay. It was like you you showed that you've like figured it out by now, but you should have figured it out, you know, two years ago. <laughs> What's your favorite subject? Lunch. <laughs> You're taking algebra two for the fourth time. <laughs> it should be called algebra eight by this time, right? Well, no, that was that was my experience. It was like algebra was one thing I just could not wrap my mind around. Same. And my mom's a math teacher. Figured that out. You know. You're a drummer. You should know math, you <laughs> fucking idiot. <laughs> no. I'm a shit-idiot. <laughs> Shitty idiot. No. Shit-idiot. Shitty idiot. Shit-idiot. No, that's meaner mm-hmm. when you say shitty idiot. Yeah, but shit flows better. Anyway. Um, so I took credit recovery. I had a 1.5 GPA graduating high school. Mm-hmm. Somehow got a diploma through all that bullshit. 
I graduated from welding school with a 3.5 GPA because I just needed to actually be doing something. Sure. Most people do. Yeah. It was the idea of just like the fluorescent lights and you're just sitting at a desk and just staring at somebody on a black, like a fucking whiteboard, just like yeah. droning on it. Was like, Fuck off. Mm-hmm. I need to get up and be moving. Mm-hmm. Otherwise I'm asleep. I fell asleep sitting up all the way through high school <laughs> and community college. I just was in my desk taking notes and there would be lines down my page from where I fell asleep. Yeah. It was not because it was boring as fuck. You're not being challenged. Give yeah. me some hot ass metal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They should have been playing pumping oxygen and metal through the, uh, classroom oh dummies. i'm not talking hot music metal i'm talking like melting metal to and making it one piece of metal okay. yeah you literally went to metal yeah so how though like well i just uh it was suggested to me and it was something i decided i wanted to do and actually really excelled at it yeah i was one of maybe 10 people in my 35 to 40 person original class that graduated on time because i mean where i went to school was not necessarily like your run-of-the-mill just like people it was like either had a record or like everybody there had a record like there was just like you got to buy a lock for uh your toolbox because people are going to steal stuff from you mm-hmm. there are going to be people at this school that are going to rob you to sell whatever equipment you have so that they can do drugs. Yeah. Like there, I never ran into that. <laughs> like I, I'm pretty good about just being friends with people because you were the guy that was going to steal from them. <laughs> like there's some people that look like they're high. They're probably going to steal. Oh, I was robbing people blind left and right. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I keep to myself. I do my shit and that's all I was there to do. Like, I was there to get my degree and get the fuck out. Yeah. Uh, but you've done some creative things through that, though, right? Yeah. Uh, it's... Like, I've, I've helped do a couple things, but I haven't done anything artistry-wise. Like, what I really want to do with it is, like, make art out of it. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing that uh, I want to do the most... That I have not the ability to do is do uh, we're welding on stainless steel. Okay. If you if you are like welding stainless steel rods onto a plate of stainless steel, if it's a good weld, it has a it looks like a rainbow across. It. Like there's no dark colors through it. It's a very vivid color, mm-hmm. and that's how you know it's a real good weld. Mm. And just trying to do portraits. Or make pictures out of, like, utilizing, like, really good stainless steel welding. Yeah. And, like, making pictures that are very vivid and have, like, a really big rainbow of color across them while making a picture of some kind. Like, that's that's really what I would like to do when it came to welding. It was, like, odd jobs for people and then make, like big pieces of stainless look like with rainbow colors have like real portraits and like depth to them. Gotcha. Do you think uh, 
that can happen for you in the future? Um, yeah. Very well could. It's just like that's that's not an easy endeavor. Like there's a lot of gas and gas that has to be bought for. And there's just like all the stainless stuff isn't necessarily cheap to come by. Okay. But but you'd be into doing that, like Oh yeah. In the new year, you know. New year. New year. I do that shit every fuck a new year. Yeah, fuck a new year. We talked about that earlier. I know, Years a year, Carl. I know, man. Years a year. Dude, I can't leave this podcast without us plugging our own show, right? Two Chongs make a right uh, that we stumbled upon, literally, I think. <laughs> I don't even know like, how we even came up with it. I think we were at the pub late one night, had a few too many uh, uh, Carlitos or something, and just decided, hey, man, let's have a show. Well, we just so happen to work at one of the best spots to promote shows ever, especially and, if you work there. And that the pub is and was Comedy Bar. Like, not the Comedy Bar, but like we had banger comics there. We're there. It's still a comics bar. But like, like I think through that... Just hanging, you know, after after, sh- after shifts and stuff. We came up with that idea, right? Well, and there were there were two specific people that worked there that really made it a comedy bar. Mm-hmm. Where just them being there and the way they interacted with people kind of made it into a spot where, like, if you were working there, it made it so easy to promote shit. Yeah, we could we could be working one night and just be like, hey, I got this show coming. There's like, no, I'm on board. It was in. It's a very rare spot to have something like that, and yeah. like I know we've tried to promote other shows, but it's just like when you work there and these people see you all the time, they're just our like, regulars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like they, like they were just all the way on board, just like no, I'm getting everyone I know to come see you do this. Yes, and when we did that, like, and the show, if you guys don't know, two Johnson make a right uh, that we did one off. Uh, we were gonna do more. And COVID happened, but like it was, I think in our mind successful, but because that we also worked at the pub where we were able to pr- promote it with all of our locals, all of our regulars, and then like it was a success because of that experience. I think. Well, uh, uh, you know? honestly, honestly, I think like because of comics that have come through there, I think comics should be able to put up a poster there, but also promote themselves to and other people. There. And they do because we're very open to that idea there. It's a weird niche. Like, like that we've, it's, it's a stumbled huge upon. collective of locals that are into artistry. Yes. And, and like for us as fledgling or whatever, like, or, or very successful comedians like ourselves. Like, like <laughs> shut the this, fuck up. This is a good, <laughs> this, but this is a great medium for us to like promote shows and encourage other people to do that. And it's a unique spot. And I'm grateful, you know, to be there with you, you know, and like, I think that show came from that. And, and 
it's not done, but the first show was very successful because of our people that well, came it, out, man. It came you from know? us. And we had a baller lineup. I ain't, I ain't taking away from all the comics, but like... like. No, I think I think we had a good collective of local regulars that come in there enough that wanted to yeah. come see some comedy. Like, it's, it's not something that most people look at Nashville and are just like, oh, it's a comedy community. It's like... If you knew how good comedy was in Nashville, it would fucking blow your mind. Yes. Like, the 100%. amount of talent that goes on here is insane. Yes. And, and because there's it's, it's, a, it's a level of, it's like, everybody's got their own way of conveying things, and nobody's, I guess, for the most part, nobody really is doing the same thing anyone, they're all doing them. Yes. They're all doing their yes. own thing. And yeah, that's what makes There's no trendy bullshit. So there's no trendy bullshit where like everybody's following a certain curriculum. It's like everybody's finding their voice. You know? And and like the great ones and there's fucking dozens of them. But oh, like they're all so finding their great, own voice, man. You know? We've seen a lot of great names just like Yeah. And it's not even not even people anyone necessarily knows, but like if you were here at some point or you've the seen them, you, you're yeah. just like, oh, fuck that. Like, I've seen so much <laughs> great talent leave yeah. or come into the know, city. Man. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, sure. it's a city that really wants to promote shit, but, like, you can't just pussyfoot around with it. No, man. And I, I think we did a good job and and just let people know, like, we are talking about coming back as soon as it's... I guess feasible. We have ideas, right? We have some dumbass ideas. Really <laughs> oh, dumb. We got some terrible ideas. We have terrible ideas, but but with great comics. So like that's a good end game, I guess. You know. I mean, we're, we're <laughs> <laughs> Do you lose your train of thought, talk? <laughs> dude, stop making me lose my train of thought. Stop stop being so ugly, dude. I don't know how. You're you're I'm built out of ugly. You're a shittyit. <laughs> You're a shittyit, dude. Never call me a shittyit. I am a shitty idiot. My bad, dude. I'm sorry. Um, no, I th- I think that there's been a lot of like all of the talent that has currently resided in Nashville or has moved away from Nashville has been like phenomenal. Yeah, man. People when it came to comedy, like this. This world of comedy is is such a good proving ground of like what can you do? Yeah. That's what makes Nashville comedy good. It's not we're all getting like all the best shit all the time. We're like working our asses off to do something. For the people. For the people. No, fuck the people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true, man. Fuck them all. Every person that ever lived, I will fuck them. <laughs> you heard that live, ladies and gentlemen. Evan Norman, we're, we're wrapping up right now. Cut that, cut that up. Uh, Carl, cut that up. Carl. I got my finger on the button. Hold up. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Evan, did you have fun, dude? You have a good yeah, time? Yeah, this was a great time. All right, cool, man. I guess uh, we'll leave y'all with uh, uh, open air and... Uh, do you want to play that clip as an outro? The, that, yeah, go for it. Okay. We have a uh, clip of Evan bombing and 
just to prove it's not all like rosy people. But he got through it and he nailed it because he's a pro. Evan, thanks for hanging out, bro. I'll see you. you. I'll see you at work, I guess. Yeah, fuck nah, you. fuck that. Let's call out, dog. <laughs> we quit. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Work. N- never again. Done. Done did it, ladies and gentlemen. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us. As always, be sure to follow the Badum Ching now on all those podcast places, you know. Wherever you're listening, man, you found the right one. Uh, all I ask, just give us a click, give us a review, man. Let me know how we're doing over here. It's hard to tell. It's one-sided broom sometimes, you know. But hey, man, I think we kicked 2021 off to a bang and uh, many bangers to come. And I want to leave you guys uh, with the track we talked about, <laughs> the controversial uh, East Room uh, Evan Norman uh, bit so you know it ain't always pretty out there ladies and gentlemen and this is a shining example of it but also you can hear Evan uh, being the pro that he is and hope you enjoy it so uh, see you later
think too much of Naomi, huh? Uh, I have a message for my grandmother. Uh, I love you, Elise. <laughs> Thanks for the material.